0: Minus 3 is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Minus 3 with Dave Damaschek. Hi hello, sports fans. Welcome to a brand new episode of Minus 3 presented as ever by Omaha. There's Eddie Spaghetti in his usual perch behind the glass and seated high atop over show business. On his way, we're going a little early today because Rage Against the Machine, word on the street, is, is striking a blow for the proletariat out on those writers and actors. Picket lines, talking about Kevin Hench. He's not playing with Rage Against the Machine. If my words got
1: a little clunky, I don't know. Rage they might call listening. me up Maybe. there. They might call me up there. Bulls on parade, right? You're ready Bulls to rock. on parade. I'm ready to parade. with Tom Morello. Um, you know... Did you get your kids off to school okay this morning? We did, and this all comes together neatly because Tom Morello is known
0: to be a Chicago Bears fan, and we're going to dig in on the NFC North. The Chicago Bears are one of the four teams in that. So serendipity, and that leads us, your question, Hench, leads us into our Goat and Goat of the Week here. Every week we do it, the word goat. Has a lot of range, you may have noticed in sports and beyond here. So let's go over it. The high and the low in the week of sports, nay, the human condition. Um, hench, you want to start us off here? Because I'm chomping at the bit and it does involve school.
1: And I'm okay. All right. Well, um, my arch nemesis, school. I know once school starts, we should just be talking NFL all day, every day. But um, James Harden, I knew he's it. I knew it. The, he's got to be the worst human being. I mean, to to ever wear the basketball uniform. What this guy worst is worst ever. He's a sociopath. Like, okay, if you opted in, James, you opted in. You said I want this 35.6 million dollars in Philly, I'm going to opt in. And then I'm going to say, get me out of here. Hey, you you just had the choice to test your value on the market, but you wanted their money, but you want to play elsewhere. So you opt in, demand a trade, you know, when, now, now you're on the market, right? So you you didn't want to test your actual value on the open market because you know you are a piece of who's not going to win an NBA championship. Everybody knows. Everybody's seen these performances in huge games. Everybody knows you're not going to play four good games out of seven. You're going to have a couple of zeros in there. You're not a good defender. Um, Your stats are built on usage rate. And nobody wants you, James. Nobody wants you. And so when your value gets tested on the market, as in, hey, Clippers, what would you give us for James Harden and this terrible contract? The answer is like, a, like a bag of sweat socks, like, um, chlamydia. Like, I don't like, what would you give the guy? Has <laughs> no value. He's, he's, he's a terrible teammate. Uh, 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 just, and so then Harden comes back with Daryl Morey's a liar. Like I, and by the way, Daryl Morey is a good guy, but it's like, I tried, I've tried to, obviously James, we, you know, we have a long history together, by the way, nobody has advocated for James Harden like Daryl Morey. Like, I, I mean, I've talked to him about it. Like, obviously I think he's been wrong about James Harden. And when you look at specifically the games where James Harden teams go out in the playoffs, if you look at those games, invisible, the worst choke artist, not interested those games with the Rockets where he'd be like, okay, fine. Then I'm just not going to shoot. Like what is this temper tantrum in an NBA playoff game? What are we watching? I mean, really one of the most profoundly disturbed individuals where you're seeing the psychosis play out on a basketball court. And then to say, Daryl Morey's a liar. Like what's he supposed to do? You suck. Everyone knows it. Everyone has a TV. It's like it's like the January 6th charges. Like, where's the evidence? Uh, did you have a television on January 6th? Like, we all watch you on TV. You're you're not good anymore, James Harden. And and your 0 for sixes from three, your scoreless second halves in the playoff games, and getting, you know, and getting beaten off the dribble constantly. Um, you're 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 not a good player. And for you to just start disparaging other people. It's just so revelatory of of what a a low human being you are. Okay, I agree with most of this, but
0: I do feel maybe I'm a little biased. I think you're a little biased against bearded, hot-bellied, southpaw sharpshooters out on the hardwood. You know what Damashek's all about. But I have to stand up for my kin here, at least to the extent with this. Hasn't James Harden told you who he is repeatedly now? Much like his old pal from Brooklyn, uh, that, that magical era. I don't remember how long it lasted. <laughs> or Kevin Durant, by the way. For all the... What's weird is you could make a pretty good case that Kevin Durant has caught the most crap out of that trouble trio that the Brooklyn Nets put together whatever that was, 18 months or two years ago in an effort to win a title. Think about that. KD is the most vilified among Kyrie and James Harden. At this point, I get what... Daryl Morey was doing by, you know, James Harden signs back in on the promise he's going to trade him away. What were the Clippers thinking? Were the Clippers ever thinking that? Was that just a canard the whole way? Because to your point, why would the LA Clippers, if the goal is an NBA championship, then by definition, they wouldn't go and get James Harden. The results are in. It's not going to happen with that cat. Playing the point or the two guard or combo or otherwise. It, it so wonder- that's on anybody that would bring James. Hard- Same thing as Kyrie Irving. Shame on you, Mark Cuban. Are you really Luca? Are you embracing Kyrie down in Dallas at this point?
1: It's, it's- so awesome. Speaking- we know the results. We already know how it's going to go. Not good. It's a, it is a canard. He's not worth Luke canard at this point in his career. <laughs> I believe he's also a lefty sharpshooter, although no longer with the Clippers. Um, yeah. So so, you know, James Harden, enjoy your thirty six million dollars for bringing nothing to the hardwood. Um. My good goat. I mean, I know they know the games come on at two a.m. And, and I've been actually Um. since the U.S. flamed out, I I haven't been waking up to any text. So I've actually been watching the Women's World Cup, not knowing the outcome. So I watched the Australia, France penalty kick. Shootout, not knowing what happened. And I got to say, uh, Mackenzie Arnold, uh, the goalkeeper for Australia, in, ter- in terms of psychological strength. So she's the anti Harden, in that, how psychologically strong do you have to be to miss the penalty kick that would have won the game in front of 50,000 psychotic Australians? then calmly go back into goal and make the, you know, make the game winning save to advance. Like, I mean, you would just be so destroyed standing there going like, wow, if I had made my penalty kick, which by the way, you you know, when your goalie is the number five PK taker, you know, she's, I mean, you're kind of saying she's one of the best, if not the best, she will be, could be in position to win this game. And she hits the post and then she just turns around, goes back in a goal, makes a save, came off her line too early, goes back on her line, makes another save, had a huge save uh, in extra time. So, so that, that woman. She's the Otani of, of uh, Women's World Cup. You know. Does it all. She does it all. So, so obviously the, the Matilda's, you know, making Australia a soccer nation has been really fun to watch. Um, I do hope that it's the end of the road for them against England, because as you know, I bet on England to, to win it all. Um, Australia
0: yeah. is such a weird land. First of all, it counts as a continent. Although, did you know New New Zealand now counts as part of the Australian continent? I forget what they call it. They don't call it the Australian continent. Um, but North also, California? Australia, I don't know, that might be right. But either way, Australia... Give a look to it. You know, it's a, it's not a gigantic chunk of land, but it's pretty big. Um, Lex Luthor slash Gene Hackman claims it in Superman 2. That's what he asks for uh, from General Zod, as I'm sure you all know. Um, nobody lives in the middle. Like it's it's this it's like a bean. It's shaped like a big kidney bean. Is Australia, but everybody lives on the coast. And then like nothing happens in the big mass in the middle. As far as I know, I mean it's very so, uh, populated. No-
1: there's no city of broad shoulders right in the middle. Yeah,
0: not that I'm aware of. Maybe someone in Australia can drop us a line here on the show and correct me on this. But I'm pretty sure the entire population is relegated to either coastline, and I think the vast majority of them live on the east coast of Australia. I need some answers about it. Well, that. I just,
1: you know, I, I uh, I've never been down under, but I, you know, I came as close as you can by doing Soaring Over the World at Disneyland, where that Sydney Opera House oh, it's is the best, best. isn't so it? That good.
0: ride's a great, that's an, un, I think that's an a, an undercovered great ride at Disneyland. So is so the good. one you soar out literally and your feet dangle. Why you have to be uh, dangerous, like Chloe, you would lose your life if you fell out of your seat in the projected 3D thing that you go on at Disneyland. You know, is Australia per capita? Is it the most accomplished in terms of pop culture between sports? I mean, how many actors? All the the people who win the Academy Awards all the time, they're all Australians,
1: aren't they? It's crazy. It's crazy. Maybe they should get a GOAT award here. Uh, Mel, uh, Russell Crowe, Jackman, um, Kate Blanchett. Barbie. Naomi Watts, Barbie, uh, Heath Ledger. Is that, he, it's 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 insane. i think so in excess uh, michael hutchins give
0: us a more co- a more uh a more current band from australia spaghetti if there is one
2: no uh, wolf mother uh okay that's maybe that? the trail goes
1: cold there okay never he just, mind he as far as i know he just made up a word that's <laughs> no they got some joker and the Thief. they got some they got some songs, you know okay no no uh wolf mother Wolf Like Me, is that TV on the radio? I oh, know.
0: I know Wolf Mother. Yeah, now I now that you say that, I do know them. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. You know,
1: when
3: the conversation turns stampers, I always go with my number one as Caesars. Let's talk about them a little bit, shall we? Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns rewards, credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using this code, listen up, Twenty-one and over only, offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. New users and first $10 plus wager only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager, returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet, $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying
4: Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be.
1: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. That's me. It's, uh, it's to me now. Well,
0: I want to start out with uh, a ray of sunshine and congratulate every player in every camp in the NFL right now. This side of Trey Lance, he might have to be accepted from this. But according to the reports, according to the broadcasters on every one of these preseason games slash Civil War reenactments, every reporter boots on the ground, every player's having a great camp. Everybody looks good.
1: So ridiculous.
0: Every team feels a little different right now. Last year is last year. We've left that behind as a group. But now, this year feels a little bit different. And, And the game has really slowed down for the young man under center, which is great news. And it's a great opportunity. Iron sharpens iron. I don't know if you heard. And so a lot of these camp battles that are going on. The guys who they're going to line up from come Sunday is not going to, it's going to be a step down from the competition they're facing in camp each and every day. And I just appreciate that all these young men showed up ready to get better each and every day. They're ready to work. Is that Um, your good goat? That's my good goat. All the players. All all the players. Everybody. Um, And uh, your bad goat is, um, it's Dave Damashek. Uh-oh. Well, I mean, I shot my mouth off quite a bit. When I was, you know, about the age age of Jean-Claude Van Damaschek, you know, headed off for his freshman year of high school, his siblings all off to school, yours, everybody, kids off, off to school here. And, you know, when I was around, you know, when I was a preteen, I made the announcement to anyone who would listen that when I take over, we're going to a four day school week and as a matter of fact, I made the same promise for grownups. Four-day work week. We don't need that fifth day. Life's too short. We're already turning it over to the man by working one day extra than we are taking one day of leisure, let alone five days for the man, only two for us? What What? What in hell? I don't know who signed off on that. I don't know if DeMaris Smith was in charge of the negotiations for our side, but it was a massive failure and we need an upgrade in that regard, I said I was going to make it so that you only had to go to school four days a week. And I would ex- expand the summer stretch and all of that. And I'm sad. I mean, you already know it. I failed. And the man is winning. In fact, I've lost ground in this battle. We now these kids, I mean, have we noticed what? What is it? It's it's August 14th and <laughs> the kids are back to school. So brutal. The kids are back to school. Used to be out there every day. The reason I hate Labor Day is because that, talk about a canard, the man pulling the big canard of like, hey, day off, like, don't pay attention to the fact you have to go back to school tomorrow. Now he's jumped the line. He's sending them back to school in mid-August. This ain't time for school. This is time for splashing around in whatever your favorite body of water is, even if it's a kiddie pool in your backyard or on the roof of your apartment. I don't know what happened here. I'm sick about it. And I can point fingers, but I have to blame the man in the mirror. It starts with me. I made a promise with my mouth that my butt hasn't cashed. And now your butts are sitting in those awful little desks with so, the manufacturing. What was your thing. plan?
1: Did you have a grassroots movement or did you just keep this plan to yourself? How a man th- of, I've always been
0: a man of justice. Well, before that, I was a boy of justice. And I thought justice, justice would prevail. How naive I was to what, realize you know the malintent oh. of the man
1: about LAUSD, and maybe this is the same in other other big school districts, but um, your funding is tied to attendance. Like you can't, you you lose money for every day that a kid misses, you know? So they want more school, more kids in school. And this year they've just gone back to, hey, um, even if your kid has COVID, I, well, what do you say they they just nut up and come to school? Like, it's like they're in unless you have a fever. So you can be snotting all over the kid next to you. But they're like, yeah, we've really taken a beating with the absences the last couple of years. So let's uh, let's go back to the hench way of like, if you're not throwing up, you're going to school. Well, that's
0: the ray of sunshine I wanted to provide here. If I could. This is this is my best thing here. People. Who didn't even go to college? Kevin Hench is a name near or at the very top of the list of proof that you don't have to cede intellectual control to the man. He decided the man's decided what you need to know. Chemistry? Kevin Hench, you're a very successful. Person. How many how often do you apply what you learned in chemistry
1: class? I, I got an F, straight F mm-hmm. in biology in high school, mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. D in chemistry. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't have been more bored, couldn't have cared less. I had, I had slugging percentages to figure out, obviously Uh, did well in math, but so it's funny because my daughter, Sophie is a sophomore in high school now. And, you know, she's kind of getting caught up a little bit in this, got to get good grades, got to compete, got to, you know, I guess you got to go to college. Mm. And I, and I, I think one of the things our brains do, it's like, You know, obviously there's a diagnosis and there's a there's a pill for every condition now. But it's like what our brain is saying is like, hey, you're not interested in chemistry. You shouldn't. You're never going to be good at it because you're not interested in it. Ironically,
0: your brain's chemistry is telling you you aren't interested in the other kind of chemistry,
1: the other kind of chemistry in your brain's chemistry is not interested in knowing what's going on in your brain. So you should you're only going to be good at stuff you're interested in. Nobody has able, ever been able to just grind through it and become a great corporate lawyer with not caring about the law. Like, so it's like if your brain, you're, you don't have ADHD, you have, I don't give a. Mm-hmm. That's what we all have, right? I can't right. focus because I'm so bored. And so then, you know, happily, we all do have things we are interested in sports, music, you know, just. Let your brain go into those areas, comedy, and maybe you'll have a decent life. But this thing of like just trying to, you know, uh, convince yourself
0: to write. that This yeah. is a passion. Your passion is not failing. That's no way to go through life. Here's, no way here's, to here, go, so Hench has crawled through the 500 yards of school and come through clean on the other side. I'm not as clean, but still. I'm doing okay for someone who did not listen in chemistry or biology or my, my personal bane, all math, all math after like multiplication tables, but, like, uh, long division, Indiana, know,
1: it all sucks. Wasn't Indiana pretty competitive for an out of state kid or no?
0: It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, I, 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 you know, it wasn't getting into Harvard or anything like that, but, you know what? What? What did they do well? School of journalism. That's where. That's where I went before uh, everybody became a uh, a citizen journalist. When when there was still uh, expertise <laughs> required for for these things. Now, did I focus in real good at Indiana University? No, I did not. But I still got my diploma. And listen, here are people who didn't graduate college. I just want to give you a little goose of inspiration here today. Steve Jobs, Giselle Bundchen, Lil Wayne. Kendall Jenner, Ellen DeGeneres, Henry Ford, Lady Gaga, Simon Cowell, Abe Lincoln, Harry Truman, Jim Carrey, Cameron Diaz. These are people who didn't. These are people who didn't go to college. They made out okay. Why can't you, friend? The Jason answer Bateman. is Jason in Bateman. the mirror. Jason, Jason Bateman. Bateman. Another one. In graduate
1: here, high school.
0: And if you are down in the dumps, and if that list doesn't boost your morale today. Here's another thing of all the gifts that football gives us every year. It is the distraction from chemistry and pre-calculus and all the rest of the crap that Hench just mentioned. That's exactly right. Don't feel bad when you're sitting in chemistry class and you start thinking about the NFC North and whether or not you think Jordan Love can uh, bridge the gap from Aaron Rodgers into, into the new era here. That's fun. think about that. That's, listen, your, that's your future maybe. If that's where your brain goes, maybe that's the truth,
1: right? Big, big news in terms of college and uh, and football for, for those of us here at the minus three, because uh, boss man Peyton Manning gonna be teaching classes at Tennessee? I don't know, like I missed almost all my classes, but I would be front and center <laughs> if Professor Peyton Manning was teaching class. I, I don't know. He can't possibly be have like he's not going to teach every day. Was well, he?
0: But it, what if it's a chemistry class?
1: <laughs> I, now walk, you going? I'd walk out on him. Uh, you know, <laughs> Boring. Like, he Just, but it's going to be you know it'll be diabolicals if they don't tell the students which ones he's going to pop up in. So you have to go to a mall. Mm. To make sure, you know. Imagine missing that class. Like, oh, that today was a Peyton Manning day. Um, Pretty is he great? Is he? Do you think he's grading the papers
0: himself, or does he make Eli do that, or how does that work?
1: Probably makes Horowitz do it, right? I'm guessing. Yeah, that (laughs) makes sense. That makes (laughs) sense. Anyway,
0: the only this is these these are dark times. I don't have uh, a magic bullet to make it all right. School sucks. You have to go. I've been. I've been coached by the way by multiple women close in my life and parents and mothers to to my many children they say like can you stop telling the kids about how you didn't like school that's not helpful it's good if they like it you know it's i'm like you're right i should i should spin that it's it's a requirement that you attend i can't get you out of it i'm sorry i failed kids football hasn't failed you though Turn your gaze there. At least it distracts you from the ugly reality that is school each and every day. Eddie Spaghetti, go ahead.
2: Well, this is uh, beautiful because both of my goats relate to school and grades. Um, I'm going to start with my bad goat here. And I think, uh, I have a feeling you've been aware of this, too, for the last couple of weeks. Um, Angel Hernandez he gets graded, obviously, um, you know, every um, every umpire does. And I was I had my eye on this last week. The Yankees were playing the Astros. And I'm not going to go blame an umpire when my team has just got awful for, I mean, months on end now. So uh, another series of loss to the Astros. But in one of those five games, out in the
0: wild card, by the way, it's the five. worst season ever to all Yankees. And you still can get into the
2: wild card. Yankees and Mets have never finished last um, in their respective divisions in the same season, too, which is a a crazy stat that I'm I'm shocked has never happened. But um, so, like I said, I I didn't I'm not going to come on here and and start blaming umpires. My team is playing like garbage. But uh, in one of those games, Angel Hernandez had 23 missed calls, which was the most so far in the league this season. Um, And then that dropped into the lowest uh, correct call rate. Um, in the entire MLB, even in the game, both uh, the Yankees and the Astros announcing team were questioning his, you know, terrible strike zone. Alex Bregman was yelling at him and you could, and like the worst part of it, angel in hand is that you see that he has an ego and he yells back to Alex Bregman and the dugout. they like, I don't give an ass what you say about my calls. That's just the, like the worst kind of guy. Then. Cut to this week. Yankees blow a miserable uh, game to the Marlins, um, and in this uh, this series, that Angel Hernandez was an umpire again had 15 missed uh, calls in that game too, which is a pretty high number. Same exact thing, and I'm so I'm reading to myself outside of the Yankees being miserable. Like, why is Angel Hernandez so bad? It just seems like his strike zone is not actually a strike zone. You you can get buy with a bad umpire if a guy has he's going to call the low strikes to call the high strike it's a wide zone he's shrinking the zone he's just erratic and then the the combination of watching your team be miserable uh and then see a guy with an erratic strike zone and then also has an ego but knows that his job is safe because the umpires are part of a union is just so frustrating so uh talking about school he needs to go back to umpire school i don't know how this guy still has a job um and this is well wait a second
0: let me let me ask this sure to, to the both of you I know we always are trying to fix terrible officiating. I know we collectively um, laugh about the idea. Like, what are you going to do? The umpires are human beings, you know, just like the players are. Yeah, but sports are predicated on the ability to overcome those failures at the player level. The referees are there to maintain the rules. You're not supposed to kind of sort of get the rules right some of the time. I know they have egos and everything else. But imagine, you know, people always talk about the... Uh, The sticks, you know, like, can you imagine we have these octogenarian holding these sticks to determine a first down? I don't know what the solve is there. But for a baseball umpire, you know, just as Jose Altuve and his pals were banging garbage can lids, couldn't there be a buzzer in their things like that was in the strike zone or that was not in the strike zone that buzzes on their butt so they don't embarrass? I mean, talk about the hi-hat. Talk about the snowing of society to be like, we all can see. You say, do you have the videotape? We can all see literally whether or not it's a strike or not. And yet we, we have to accept one person's opinion. Like, nope, that's not how I saw. it. Like, well, what are we going to do? It is, I mean, that this goes on. It's almost become uh, rhetorical that we keep saying these things. And so it just at this point now it seems like it falls on
1: deaf ears. But
0: for real, that box shows you when the ball goes into it or not. What are we doing? But, how is that not so, the definitive answer
1: at this point? What's so crazy about Angel Hernandez, who, who, by the way, like the Live Tour, we should remember once a month to just talk about how terrible <laughs> Angel Hernandez is. Um, so I think, you know, obviously anyone who's ever seen any velocity of live pitching with any movement, and you know, like I'm talking like American Legion level, you you can't you're like it would be hard to call balls and strikes like that's a hard job that angel hernandez is terrible at the playoff game where he missed three calls at first base i mean that's not hard to see if the ball got there before the foot and he can't do that part of the job so of course he can't call balls and strikes it's way harder than other parts of the job that he's terrible at now all would be forgiven of the the execrable Angel Hernandez. If when he yelled to the dugout, he was like, hey, get off my back. You know my record. You know I'm terrible at this. (laughs) What did you think was going to happen? You're just being mean to me now. You're literally picking (laughs) on a disabled kid. That's what (laughs) you're doing right now by yelling at me. I don't know the strike zone. It's well established. I love that when the announcers always go, hey, man. All the players want is consistency. No, no, they actually want you to call balls and strikes as <laughs> they're determined by the strike zone. They don't seem to be any more comfortable I in mean, the ninth
0: inning with a missed call than they are in the first inning. So I don't know that I agree play-by-play, play, man.
1: It's hysterical <laughs> that he mentioned Angel Hernandez because as Spaghetti knows, Laz Diaz had an even worse game um, in terms of distance that the pitches were missing. Ironically, Aaron Boone gets thrown out on a pitch that was a strike, but you know, it, it's not, last Diaz was doing his Eric Gregg impression, which is like, Hey man, I'm consistent eight inches outside is a strike. Wow. Thank you for the consistency. You've ruined the game. These guys cannot go up to the plate and have a decent at bat with your strike zone. Um, And look, as somebody who desperately doesn't want his job taken away by AI uh, that we've been watching tennis for a long time, and uh, the 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 1 millimeter out it, we we don't need to go through this anymore we don't need angel hernandez to be ruining baseball games that that science is pretty pretty solid
2: yeah. And that's exactly the the cherry on top is that we're in the era. We're in the pitch clock era. We're on the review. Uh, if it was a home run or not era, and then you're going to have a, a, an umpire who is this brutal. It's like, you just like leading the case of why we should have uh, a robotic umpire here. So, and it's then to be ra-
1: funny. Cause he's in, he's protected by a union uh, and I'm, you know, as you know, member of union pro union, but it's, it's going to be bad when all the members of that union lose their jobs because of Angel Hernandez. Like, uh, what do you mean there's no home plate umpire anymore? Yeah, well, Angel, talk to your buddy. Talk to Angel Hernandez. It just got so bad. We had to go to the robots.
2: So to, uh, good goat. To, to to round out with good goats, keeping with the school theme here, uh, I'm going to talk about specific schools, the ACC. Good job by North Carolina, NC State. Florida state and Clemson, the oh, four schools happy
0: about this. Huh? Okay. I'm, I I'm happy I about react. this
2: because look, I know ultimately they're going to lose. We're all going to lose. These conferences are going to be condensed. They're going to be combined into some massive thing. Like you said, last week, Shaq, is going to be basically minor league football, but holding strong for just for a little bit longer, because only if one of those schools flip, then this vote goes through. And the vote I'm talking about is that Stanford and, and, uh, and Cal a school named the university of California joining A conference called the atlantic coast conference to me is just absolutely insane and for a little while longer it's nice to see some schools have integrity and keeping the integrity of the conference because it's just ridiculous for north carolina schools in North Carolina be playing a school in California consistently and like I said I think they're eventually they're going to lose but for these four schools the better schools in the conference to, to kind of say no this is ridiculous uh I'm happy about it because we're we're heading into an era of college football where it's not going to look anything like it was a couple of years prior so for a little while longer I'm happy they did this
0: I guess that makes sense. I just feel bad. Well, I, you know what it is. It's uh, esprit de corps. I'm, I'm worried that my Pitt Panthers are about to suffer the fate that Cal and, and Stanford have suffered, which is to be without a conference. And what happens to those teams and how that resolves itself, I'm not exactly sure. I, I, I are there going to be? 25, 30 relevant college or traditionally relevant college football teams just on the outside and what their schedules are going to look like. All that stuff feels completely up in the air. Or is it clear that they will land in, I don't know, the Big 12? Will there be ultimately four conferences? It really does feel like it's going to be maybe two conferences, which is the best bet for Cal, Stanford, Pitt, and those like second tier, third tier kind of programs. But boy, it's hard to invest and get excited about your program if you're not one of the heavyweights right now cuz who knows what where it's going to be in 2 years
2: right well yeah i mean i think the the what's the the tricky part of that is they form a con- like teams that get left out and they form even like a secondary conference is like what are we doing now with the automatic right. college football playoff bid so that this entire system we just implemented not so long ago is now going to have to be rewritten again because of the differentiation in these conferences or whatever the the end result is so i mean we're we're right now in a stance where it's like we don't know what it's going to look like even three years on the road so it's like i i said it last week too it was like i i'm excited for college football but pardon me, feels like it lost a little bit of its luster. I'm like not as excited because it's going to be ch- ever changing. Well, in the foreseeable future.
0: Right. Well, Hench, you just said you're a union guy, proletarian, all of that. A conference is essentially works like a union for the schools and, you know, makes, creates the collective more power for that with negotiations with broadcast deals and all that. I, to me, it just seems like, OK, go independent, then better to better that and make your own schedule. It just seems like a heavy lift every year to forge a schedule that's relevant and everything else. I get why the conferences is, is more desirable on many levels. But from a competitive standpoint, it kind of feels to me like if Notre Dame's independent and, you know, if you, you get enough you know, if like Cuse and Boston College and Pitt all get left out of some reshaped ACC or whatever, or SEC or Big Ten, like, I think there's enough juice there among the independents to rise back up like it was when we were growing up, like late 70s through the 80s. Independents had plenty of value. The U, as a matter of fact, wasn't in a conference until, what, 90-ish, thereabouts?
1: It's it's hard to think of any entity um, post-Civil War that's less union-like than college football. They literally paid the labor zero. <laughs> so true. It's like, all right, it's not zero. a perfect analogy. How about zero? What <laughs> if we give them a meal card? How about a book? <laughs> it's so insane. But I will say, Spaghetti, are you are you and the missus talking about kids? What's your plan? Uh, you know, you, you got to be a dad at some point.
2: Uh, definitely. We're still at the planning, the wedding stage. The kids talk has been tabled uh, okay, for the okay. foreseeable future. So yeah. what
1: you, this is good, though, because what you're going to find when you have kids is you can't spend 20 consecutive Saturday and Sundays ignoring your family. So you ultimately have to choose to bail on one of those two days. And as an NFL guy, it was an easy choice for me to give my kids Saturday and tell everybody to F off on Sunday. And I feel what college football is doing for dads and moms is making this choice easier and easier to go. Ah, I'll spend Saturday with the kids and, and Sunday with the best players in the world.
0: Boy, Well said uncle Mike told me that when I was still in college, he said, you're going to there someday. Cause he had four kids. He told me you're going to have a, a tough choice to make somewhere down the line, and right he was. You just said it there, Henshin. College football does typically have to give way to the NFL, and it's a little sad because there ain't nothing better. It's the reason why the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving is the best day on the holiday calendar because it's all just getting going. Same thing on the West Coast. 9 a.m., you flip the TV on. There's college football ready to go. You're right at the front end of the whole weekend of football, and it's sad. You have to give it up because it doesn't feel like it matters as much sad
1: um but so let's talk nfl since let's do it you ready, ready to move
0: on there spaghetti and now a quick
4: break 10 seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base how about businesses on shopify shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business
5: Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com.
1: Luckily, this won't air until after I've I've hung out with Tom Morello because I've got some thoughts on his bears.
0: Ooh, I think you and I park our cars in the same garage based on that. Let me
1: just say that very quickly. Sounds, every time you say that it sounds sexual. I don't <laughs> I don't like that. Can you can we park our car in separate garages and but still agree?
0: I mean, all right. I don't know why you're why you're trying to turn that into work in blue somehow, but okay. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll work on a new turn of phrase there. In the meantime, well, doesn't I'll that tell you, it
1: sound like I lay down with Beth. I don't like Park our cars Park in the same car- garage? I mean, spaghetti. Am I, mean, I guess, right? I guess, my I I,
0: no. I,
2: I, I putting I our that stuff in the mean. same...
0: Putting our stuff in the same... Uh, our, our equipment in the same trunk. Now that's getting there. I see what you're going for. <laughs> right. there. Putting our tools in the same trunk. Yeah. Like cars? Come on, man. Okay. Um, I'm not a robot. Like a car is a machine and I'm not a robotic lover, but oh, I am I, a yes. vigorous lover. Um. Now, the talk about turning the page and all that kind of stuff, uh, it is a turn of the NFC North. Eight of the last 12 division crowns went to Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers. This is a, a sea change. I know people talk about it and we quickly jump to the the superstars new location, rightly so with the Jets. but have we fully absorbed what this means? This is, this is massive. If you're one of the other three teams we've heard, we've seen some rejoicing from those corners. Um, But did the witch die when Jared Goff and the lions went in there and vanquished them anyway, when there was a a play, you know, it it kind of felt like that was the case anyway. And Aaron Rodgers grabbed back the narrative of like, I'm done with this. Like, Oh no, it was done already, man. Yeah. You're, you're, you ain't winning the division. Kirk Cousins Vikings are better than your team. Um, so it is it, it is a good place to jump in here. And where shall we begin? I'll just say to you on individual player props, Daniil Hunter feels like a great value play for defensive player of the year at 100 to 1. Aiden Hutchinson, a good play at 25 to 1. Not Jair Alexander or any corner that you might like. Um, He's at 15 to one. If I am reading it correctly, that is the top uh, secondary member available to you for defensive player of the year um, offerings among NFC North players. But Eight out of the last nine Defensive Player of the Year awards have gone to Sackmasters, Masters, whether it's Aaron Donald coming at it from tackle or T.J. Watt from the OLB edge slot, Khalil Mack, J.J. Watt uh, got two in a row at the start of this run here. Nick Bosa got the most recent one. Stefan Gilmore is the exception to the rule a few years ago. You remember that one, Hench. So I would say if you're looking for a good play here in this division, start with the pass rushers. And I just gave you the two best probably. Uh, on the board there. Now, any thoughts on that one, Hedge?
1: Well, as you know, uh, I'm a Goff guy. I I believe in Jared Goff. I believe he's been unfairly maligned. And so you mentioned the game. uh, And and I think the Lions win that division. I think they go over nine and a half wins. Um, And I want to point to three Jared Goff games in his career. Okay. We all remember his shootout with Patrick Mahomes, where he beat Mahomes 54-51 in the only game where both teams scored over 50 points. He threw for 413 yards and four touchdowns, and the game-winning touchdown 40-yarder to Gerald Everett was was a masterpiece. And he didn't give me a high
0: five. He ran into the end zone. Spaghetti and I were standing right there in the corner of the end zone, and somebody said it might have been Spaghetti's like, Look out, he's coming right at you. And I'm like, who is? And I turned around and he was literally Gerald Everett was running bearing down on me, lo- looking like he was about to tackle me or something. No, he was just running in the game winning touchdown. And I turned to high five him and he just left me hanging there. He left you
1: hanging. That's he, I mean, it's so, it's on okay. camera. It's so you had a you had a great a great view of that performance. <laughs> um then I mean, obviously, all anyone talks about in that season's NFC title game was the terrible call, the non-pass interference that cost the Saints a trip to the Super Bowl. But the fact is Jared Goff beat Drew Brees in in a high-stakes playoff game. And then, as you mentioned last year, Goff goes into Green Bay and beats Aaron Rodgers in a must-win for Aaron Rodgers and so Goff is putting together, uh, you know, Mahomes, Breeze, and Rodgers. Those three games, he beats three Hall of Famers, probably three top 10 all-time quarterbacks. And as I said, when, when Lamar Jackson was holding out, Jared Goff's going to have a better year than Lamar Jackson. I'm not backing off this. They've obviously given him this weapon in Jameer Gibbs that can be used in a lot of different ways. And the Lions are not going to have any trouble moving the ball. And Aiden Hutchinson will be playing ahead a lot, uh, which which will lead to big numbers for him. So I like that number. You just threw out, shot up, Louie. Um, and then, but so then the He's flip He's agreeing side with back, you. He's agreeing with you. So the flip side wrong? of that, huge, huge Aiden Hutchinson fan. So the But the flip side, the other end of that is, so everyone's like, you know, the Lions trajectory, nine and a half wins, favored to win the division. That all tracks this bears thing, they won three games last year. Am I, am I, that's why they had the number one pick is they won three games. They've jumped to over seven and a half and 85% of the early money was on the over of over seven and a half. And it's like, guys, I hate to tell you this DJ Moore it has a lot as a, as a fantasy owner, he has a lot of two catches for 24 yard games. I mean, maybe he makes up for it in other games, but man, I would like have, is DJ more playing? Where's DJ Moore? That's my, that's been my fantasy experience with DJ Moore. And, and as a, as a Steeler fan, you know, Claypool, th- there was a reason the Steelers were ready to part with Claypool. So this idea That the literally
0: might not make the Steelers in 2023 if he were on the roster right now. So and 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 they're counting on him to deliver this year. So this
1: idea that a historically terrible passing offense will be transformed because they have DJ Moore and a full season of Chase Claypool just feels wrong to me. And and then if you factor in the other thing that Fields does, it's like it's amazing. It's it is Michael Vick level, but every time he does it, you're looking at maybe a month of not playing. Like it's it is. You're so right. You can't rush for 1,200 yards as a quarterback and not miss time. And then if he misses time, those games are lost. And so, and that's just the what we'll call the good side of the ball for them. I know they made a lot of moves on defense. But they were so wretched defensively. Um, I I cannot see the the changes they made, the the additions they made, Edmonds uh making it up for you know, they lost Requan Smith last year. Um they just look terrible again to me. So, so if they doubled their win total, that would be a huge achievement to go from three to six would be a huge achievement and you'd still be comfortably under. So, so I like the lions at the top end of that division. I think the bears have a ways to go. Uh, They, they they threw for 2,600 yards last year in the modern NFL. I just don't see this, this over seven and a half. How say you? Boy, I,
0: you were supposed to, I think by the media law, I have to go hard against you here. I agree with, Every syllable you uttered there. You were right across the board. What you're talking about is we park our penises
1: in the same no, we no see now that's on the nose. We stuff our sacks. We stuff our sacks in the same mouth. (laughs) No. No. No, that's see, that's you're not making it further away.
0: You're making anyway. I'm sorry. What you're describing is this fantasy effect. And no, not the last, or maybe that is your fantasy. You know, clean it up, would you, Henge? I'm not doing that with you. I like you, but I'm not. Now, listen. I think what you describe is this Justin Fields is great to have in fantasy. By the way, people are trying to break down Anthony Richardson now. They've gotten their first look at him and people have, look everybody's got to do the cops, who he looks like to them, who he reminds them of. Okay, fine. That's a fun game to play. Here's the spoiler alert. Yes. You want Anthony Richardson in fantasy this year. That doesn't mean the Colts are going to be good. Same goes with the bears. You want Justin Fields because he's going to run around. He's going to score a lot of touchdowns for you. That doesn't mean that the Chicago bears are going to be good in this division. My favorite play, and it really is hard, because to me, it's a three-team race, and then there's the Bears. The Bears are your last place team, and I feel pretty strongly about that. Um, the The top three, trying to divine who's going to win it, I am ultimately going to go with what I've been saying all for the last six months. If you don't have Mahomes or Justin Herbert or Josh Allen um, or Joe Burrow, then the, the order of the day is bully ball. Every t- I mean, look around the league. This is what everybody's trying to do, and the Lions were doing it a year ago. They are loaded up on the offensive line. It's hard to imagine with Ben Johnson, for all the talk about the rah-rah uh, head coach Dan Campbell doing the burpees with his teammates and having a chai and all that crap and all the coach speak he does, Ben Johnson's the star of that coaching staff. And with the pieces that they have, that offensive line, The trick for Jared Goff or anyone else, it's not a coincidence that he was good with the Rams, then he was bad with the Rams, then he was bad with the Lions, but now he's good with the Lions, is what I always say. If you are one of the 32 human beings who throws the football best on the planet Earth, give that guy an extra beat and he will succeed, especially with the weapons that Jared Goff has. So I'm going to take the Lions here. Um, to just, if nothing else, shoot it out. And they are much improved defensively, especially on the back end. So I'm going to give it to them. My favorite, pl- as my division at plus 120 and my division winner. But my favorite play is the Vikings to make the playoffs at plus 110. They they have a knack of getting in. I think Kevin O'Connell is weirdly obscured his first season, what he did there with Kirk and company. That was an imperfect roster. I, I like what they did. In the offseason here, mostly resolving some of their contractual stuff. Jordan Addison is a number two, probably feels almost like an upgrade to Adam Thielen, not the denigrate Thielen. But at this point, I think Addison is a number two is going to get a lot of favorable coverages. He's going to make his hay. Um, So I like the Vikes to get in there. And I I like the Packers quite a bit here. I think Jordan Love's going to be good. I was almost going to pick them to win the division. I'm backing off of that ever so slightly as even the Packers lean in hard, and I really think they will into bully ball. This is going to be the NFC North of your youth. The Norris Division, as Chris Berman and others talked about. Now, uh, look, you 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 got the Chicago Bears, you got the Detroit Lions, you got the Minnesota. Look, the NFC
1: North plays blood and guts football. Back on the blitz, um, so it's Vikings so crazy. Look- because we're really oiling up each other's bodies in the same garage here. Did I, did I get that right? <laughs> I think yeah, you're fine. right. Okay. But
0: right, I mean, like Kirk cousins, I like to make fun of them too. I mean, we all like to have our laugh. I think, I think it's been a winning turn for him on quarterback. The, the, the great documentary series. Um, I think people like him a lot more than they did probably a month or two ago. Um, but you know, but it's weird like his failures are what we're aware of but he's Kirk Cousins nobody when he came into the league nobody said um that this guy you know he wasn't a first, he wasn't a first round pick or anything like that so it's weird all the slings and arrows He's taken. He should be really much more of an inspirational tale, right? He's a third round pick. It was drafted to be RG3's backup way back when. And here he is all these years later. RG3 has been a broadcaster for years. Kirk just keeps on going. Okay, so he's not good in prime time. He doesn't get it done so far in the playoffs, but his teams win wherever he goes pretty much. Right. And they're loaded up, ready to go again. So I like that Vikings team. I like the Packers, but I gave you the ones I'm more confident in. Lions to win the division, Vikes to make the playoffs. Eddie Spaghetti, how say you?
2: To me, this is very simple. Um, the best quarterback in the division is Kirk Cousins. The best overall player in that division is Justin Jefferson. What did the Vikings do in the draft? They made their strength even stronger, like you said, Hench. Uh, Jordan Addison is a huge upgrade over this stage of Adam Thielen. And I do think about the days when Cousins had the Thielen-Diggs combo, and I think this is going to be a significantly better version of that. Um, they still have some great players in defense, Harrison Smith, Daniel Hunter, so uh, I like the Vikings at plus 300 to to win the division. I like the Vikings to go over their 8.5 win total here, and Jordan Addison for me is a home run pick, plus 1,800 on seasons right now to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, so I'm, I'm all in oh, on that. Oh, fun
0: one. I so, see. I would, I would actually go, oh, and by the way, I counted those up. I think it's It's a mix of the skill positions. Three QB over the last decade. Three QBs have won offensive uh, rookie of the year. I think three running backs and four wide receivers. So, you know, go for it. When you hear the buzz like, hey. That right guard is really dominating down there in blankety blank. Like that guy's not going to win offensive rookie of the year, so don't waste your money.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just think that uh, Justin Jefferson will still get his being the best receiver in the league, but he's going to draw way more attention. Leaving Addison, who is supremely talented, uh, and Cousins had forty five hundred uh, passing yards last year. I think uh, twenty nine touchdowns. So I, I like him to go well over the thirty touchdown passing mark. I think he's going to have a hmm. prolific yard number two. Uh, they're just going to they're going to be a sling it offense, like Kevin, like I you said before, Kevin O'Connell's seems to, you know, have some a good relationship, some magic with him, as we saw in the, the quarterback documentary. And I I do like cousins to to make to bring this team to the playoffs. I'm not really buying into uh, the Jordan Love and year one thing. And I the the reason why I'm feeling pretty confident about the Vikings is I sort of feel like the Lions last year were playing a little bit above what they really are. And the thing that scares me the most with Jared Goff is his split stats. Um, I mean, his quarterback rating drops uh, well over 20 points home and away. And the biggest shocker is that he had 23 touchdown passes at home, but he only had six in away games. So uh, I just feel like I need to see Jared got be better on the road. Uh, not just in the comfort of. Uh, He's
0: of fine. He was a home. number one draft pick. That arm is live. There's no jive about that, but Jared Goff, Yes, the the roller coaster of opinions attached to to that guy are kind of are are kind of wacky. It's pretty obvious, as I said five minutes ago. Spaghetti, yeah, like keep him clean. Yeah, he, he, you know he's got the physical tools to thrive, uh, especially with the guys who he's he gets to distribute the ball to this year and the guys behind him running the ball. So yeah, I I, I don't think let's not get wild about how good he is or how terrible he is. He's right in the middle healthy healthy middle class i think think he's
1: uh better than than right in the middle but uh we'll see we'll see in a few weeks Do you think he's better than kirk cousins uh i think he's gonna have a better year than kirk cousins okay um but but that said so when you look when you say okay you guys go we're we're gonna do the nfc north so then you're like okay i you know you gotta you get these four teams and you typically you're like if you're going to give regular season win totals, you basically have to decide which two are going to go over and which two are going to go under. You can't, you know, that you can't say they're all going to go over. They play in the same division. So what's interesting and it sounds like Shaq and I are saying the same thing is I do think the Lions, Vikings, and Packers all go over their win total because I think the Bears are going to be significantly under their win total and you know, we all feel the same about about that. The Vikings moving that ball, uh, of course, and and I agree with Spaghetti on on Addison. That's just such a that's just such a smart play. Um, but if you look at the Packers, this this alleged downgrade at quarterback, it's like what games did Aaron Rodgers win personally win last year? Right? It is bully ball. It is the two headed monster. Of course, it is a good defense. And Jordan Love's is not going to hurt all any of those things. Like it's, like- it is. I said this a month or two ago,
0: I came up with this new thing called the, the Ewing theory. It it really is a possibility that these Packers will be maybe not better, but as good the, that the results will be about the same in terms of offensive production, because Aaron Rodgers' ego did get in the way last year. If, if, They turn around. You watch. That's what they're going to do. You and I agree, Hench. They're going to turn around and hand the ball off to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon a lot more. The Jordan Love experience, can he care? The the ask is not the same of him as it was of Aaron Rodgers. A lot of it is going to be lean on the the run game, play bully ball. That's what they're going to try to do. I just happen to think that when literal push comes to shove in that division, I don't think they're up to the challenge that Detroit's going to throw at them this year and maybe even Minnesota to, to a degree. But yeah. yeah, I like all three of those teams.
1: Is there a flip side phrase? You've got the curse of Sposta. Right. Right, but you've got the freedom of everyone assumes you'll, you know, you'll be back. I mean, it's like the expectations in Green Bay are so low because the the outgoing quarterback was frankly overrated by the end of his time in Green Bay. I mean, he was shockingly terrible on balls downfield uh he, love won't be worse on those throws and then yeah a, you know a lot of checkdowns to Aaron Jones uh i i, I that's going to be a really fun one to watch where where everyone realizes oh uh may, maybe that weirdo was part of the problem
0: oh there's no doubt i think As opposed to a lot of guys we talked about a a couple weeks ago, like Bill Belichick's gotten vaguely, I mean, slightly exposed here. Without Tom Brady, like, oh, yeah, it's not as easy to win Super Bowls when you don't have the Hall of Famer. I weirdly think an exception right now is going to be Matt LaFleur. I think he's going to do better off. That always felt like a, a fight for who's in charge of the offense with Nate Hackett and that whole, you know, now that you see Nate Hackett, Hibbetson with uh, Aaron Rodgers in Jets world. Like, don't you feel like, well, yeah, of course, Aaron Rodgers likes them. They get along, they play grab, they have a few laughs. It has nothing to do with what Nate Hackett understands about offense in football, right? Um, it was always that power struggle. It's like I, Aaron wanted to do what he wanted to do, and that went against Matt LaFleur to a large degree. I think now Matt LaFleur is going to, this is his team, and I think they're going to be halfway decent. And by the way, it doesn't mean uh, at the same time that the Packers were denigrated for taking Jordan Love by their star QB, we were celebrating Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, who rightly we, we deserve to be praised for striking almost every note correctly, except for drafting Trey Lance. What the hell happened there? We, I mean, that's, we'll talk about that one when we get to the NFC West, but I really... Like it's all probably going to balance out the scales of justice. They took Brock Purdy as Mr. Irrelevant, uh which makes up for the absolute atrocity of the Trey Lance pick. It's really weird that they screwed that up the way they did, but in the meantime, Jordan Love doesn't have to be the main man there not in 2023 and I think that Matt LaFleur and the rest of the organization is anxious to show that to the world. I think I mean, keep in mind doesn't mean that Front offices are always right. Witness Shanahan and John Lynch with Trey Lance. But it's pretty clear they've been chomping at the bit to get away from Rogers for at least a year now. And now we're going to see how they do. I think they're going to do better than a lot of people at least think they will. I'm at least with you, Hench, that they go over their their win
1: total. All right. Any final thoughts here? We did it. We did it. Let's let's get out. We have cut we've it out. You're out. right. We've got nice tight our, uh, our flesh missiles in the same silo. I mean, that's not helping. That's not it. That's, no, not it. that's still okay. Yeah.
0: Workshop that out on the picket okay. line. Ask Morello if he has any good ideas. Maybe you could turn it into Rage Against the Machines uh new hit. Um, and uh we'll talk to you next week, Kevin Hench. Great stuff as always. And we'll talk to you minus three years a little later in the week, me and Eddie Spaghetti. And a special guest, TBD. We don't know who it is, but we know it's going to be special. And we appreciate you listening to us here. So until next time, for Eddie Spaghetti and Kevin Hench, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.